This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. This is our fourth week of a series that we're calling My Story. And it's a little bit of a different series. And so I need to sort of give a disclaimer at the onset of this because we've had a lot of visitors and people come through and we have visitors every single week. And so I want you to know that here at Central Church, we believe in the Bible. Here at Central Church, we teach the Bible. Typically, we open the passage and allow the Bible to speak to us and we interpret it and we make it applicable to life and all this stuff every single week. This series is a little bit different in its structure, okay? This series is much more conversationally based. So we're talking about principles out of the Bible, but we're not going to necessarily open the Bible and read from it word for word, right? And so I want to give that disclaimer to everybody who visits. They're like, I went to that church and they didn't even open the Bible. We typically do, but this is a, a conversation series. It's called CC Conversations. We also don't usually have the set of Ellen on our stage either, but it's for, you know, this series. And so I just want to throw that disclaimer out there in case you're visiting today and you're like, oh, I don't even know if they're Christians. We're Christians, we love Jesus, we love the Bible, okay, it's, it's a thing. Um, but what we're doing is, what, what the, the design of this series is for people in our faith community to share what God's doing in their life and to share their story because we feel like stories are powerful and we feel like God can move through the stories of what he's done in his people. And we see that modeled all throughout scripture, them telling the stories of what God had done in the past and what God had done in the people amongst them to show the power of God and to show uh, points of, of what God is doing in their hearts and their lives and in their community. And so that's kind of what we're doing. And so in week one, we started, we had a conversation up here with Elizabeth Allen. And Elizabeth, uh, her week was, I decided to stop. No, I decided to start. Hers was I decided to start, and Elizabeth uh, started to take her health seriously. She had some complications, and so she ended up, by, when it was all said and done, ended up losing like 160 pounds or something like that. And so she got serious about it. She decided to start, and she said it's a process that she has to start every single day. And many of us were very moved, very inspired uh, by her sharing her story. And then in week two, um, we shared the story of I decided to stay. And we looked at Bob and Lori Mitten, who Bob usually uh, plays guitar over here, and he's one of our teaching pastors. Lori serves in the Welcome Center. They do all of our marriage counseling around here. And uh, they shared their story of an infidelity early in their marriage and this ongoing affair and the, 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 the destruction that it caused relationally and psychologically for them and the reconciliation that they had to overcome to have the marriage that they have today. And we talked about how I decided to stay, and that was a super powerful morning, and many people were in tears and taking it all in, and their story was able to touch many of your stories. And then last week, uh, I sat up here with my man, Coach, over here. You can tell he's having a good day because his hair spiked, right? <laughs> he's ready. He's ready, ready to go to work, ready to do work for Jesus. Um, uh, we sat up here with Coach, and we talked about I decided to stop. And he shared his story of, um, you know, pornography and addiction and things in his past and how he decided to stop and how it's changed his life completely. And he's decided to yield to Jesus. And that story was super powerful. And people were able to be touched and their lives were changed and all of this stuff. And so it's been a really powerful series. It's been really, really cool. And so this morning is no different. I've invited my friends Rich and Carmen up here. Many of you guys know that. Rich, are you wearing your grill right now or did you take it out because you're on stage? Hold on. Come on. Car you know Carmen made him take it out. <laughs> Got my friend Rich up here with his grill that he ordered on Amazon this past week. We were sitting <laughs> we were sitting in staff meeting and he goes, he goes, why are we having to grill? So I was like, you should get one. He's like, I'm getting one. 
got it on Amazon. If anybody's interested, it's like 10 bucks on Amazon. 10 bucks on Amazon, Easy. and it's got this gel thing. Anyway, girls are like so 2003, but we're rocking it. We're bringing it back. So um, it's, a I got, Flor- it's a Florida thing. Okay, it's it's, it's Flor- still big in Florida. Yeah, so. Florida's still in 2003. So <laughs> just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. This is going to be an interesting morning, okay? Just You're going to have to bear with us, okay? You thought me and Coach had jokes. You're going to get an insight of what our staff meetings are like. Um, so I invited uh, Rich, <laughs> grills are the, are the uh, manifestation of our staff meetings. I invited Rich and Carmen up here to share their story about I decided to go. Because for many of you guys know, uh, Rich and Carmen here, Rich is our youth pastor and Carmen is our children's pastor and they do a lot of our family ministry stuff. And about two years ago, they decided to go and go from Florida and move across the country to Michigan with their little baby girl. And it was just, I mean, yes, we're incredibly thankful. But guys, that's a big decision, right? That's a big decision to make to move across the country. They didn't know me. I flew them up here for a weekend. They were probably like, man, that guy was weird. But they decided to do it anyway, right? And they felt God was moving in them. And so I feel like many of us in our faith journey and in our story are at a position where maybe God is telling us to go. Maybe God's telling us to move on something. Maybe God is telling us to step out in faith and start something, but it requires us getting to the mentality and getting to the the headspace where we can say, yeah, this is the voice of God, and it's telling me to go, and so I'm going to do it. And so I thought it would be really powerful and important for them to kind of share their story with us this morning and hopefully encourage, challenge, and inspire us. And so will you welcome uh, Rich and Carmen this morning? (laughs) This is great. This is great. So, um... So you can, tell, you can tell who really likes you by, like, you just look around at who's not Some people are like, I love them. Some people are like. Like, Julia is one of my youth leaders, and she was like this. Yeah. Nice. Thanks. Nice. Wait till the, wait till the youth leader Christmas party. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what's up. <laughs> you get nothing. <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> so here's what you're going to see a lot of. You're going to see a lot of Carmen going like this to Rich. You're going to see a lot. If you can't see me, my hand is patting my knee. You're going to see her left hand on his knee a lot. She's not, I'm going to leave that alone. She's telling him to calm down, okay? She's telling him to calm down. And it's just, it's just, it's going to happen. So just be ready for it. Um, so you guys, yes, let's get moving. Otherwise, we're just going to cut jokes the whole time. Um, share with us sort of your I decided to go story. Because I know for some people it's like, oh, yeah, whatever, it's a job. But it was a big deal for you guys to leave Florida and to come here. And so kind of share what that whole situation was like. Yeah. So um, we've been up here for just about a year and a half. She's watching to make sure I don't say anything slick. Um, I'm just telling a story. I'm just telling a story. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so we've been up here for like a year and a half. Um, we uh, were from Florida. Uh, we were married at uh, this church in Orlando. Uh, kind of grew up in that church there. We both got our start in ministry there, first in youth ministry as youth leaders, and then we jumped over to taking over like kind of half the kids' ministry. We did, they did two services. We ended up doing one of them. The other like kids' pastors did the other one, and so we just kind of, we had our, our roots there in this church. So after we got married, we decided to pursue full-time ministry, bounced around, ended up coming back to this church for, for family reasons with uh, her mom and health and different things like that. So we found ourselves back at this church and when we, were, we went back there, uh, there was a lot of things that were kind of promised to us uh, by the head pastor and, and, and his support staff, his associates. And uh, a lot of it had to do with positions and uh, just the different directions of ministry. And they knew us um, from before, from before when we left. And so they saw kind of what our heart was in ministry. So they kind of used that uh, – I don't know if I'd say against us, but they used that kind of in a way to, to – to, 
misguide us a little bit and take advantage of the situation. So long story short, they, um, they ended up kind of telling us a bunch of, bunch of lies about things and uh, uh, about how things were going to go. Uh, they even gave us timelines as to when things were going to happen. Um, and then we'd come across one of these things that they'd say was going to happen and it wouldn't. And then we'd go, wait a minute. And then I'd approach the head pastor and he would kind of, you know, kind of, kind of juke me a little bit and sidestep it and I'd let it go. And then another one would happen and I'd approach him and I'd say, Hey, this is still not going the way you guys said it was going to go. And he would kind of swerve it and sidestep it. And, uh, we just kind of noticed that happening, 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 happening. And then it started getting toxic. There was other staff members we noticed this was happening to, uh, people that were our friends that this was happening to, people that we loved uh, being mishandled, leaving the church, um, just a whole bunch of stuff happening behind the scenes. And so it was frustrating because we couldn't be open about it because we were employed by the church, by that church, and we couldn't, we just didn't know how to navigate it. So um, the ghost story started first for me because um, if you guys know me, very blunt. It is what it is. You know, we can have a straight conversation, um, but I don't like, I don't think anybody likes being like lied to, especially over and over, especially by people that you know, you love, you trust in ministry. And so when I realized a lot of this was happening, it made me angry. Um, I shared some of that in the, the message about anger. Um, it made me very angry and bitter and it started weighing on me, uh, became like depression and, and just every single day, I was just like a ticking time bomb. I was just ready Ready to go. I knew we had to go. I knew it was getting toxic for me. So um, at that point, we knew we had to. You knew had to make something a move. had to make a move. Something yeah. had to change. Yeah. Otherwise, I was going to end up probably just fighting everybody on staff. Yeah. Legit. Like, really like fighting, like throwing one hands. by one in a hallway, like yeah. you know, like yeah. a movie, just out of the way. Next one, out of the way. You know. Yeah. So, so my story is like different. Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not fighting anyone. No. Um, but <laughs> so it was totally opposite because his. This stuff was happening on his end, and it wasn't happening on my end. I was in my own kid's world, and uh, I was happy and fine and no problems. So when Richard, you know, being married and talking about all the things, we... um, He would come home, and I would see this. I would see this anger and all these things happening and frustration. And, I mean, I just... I didn't, you know, necessarily know what to do, but I knew that. Well, she didn't, she didn't really experience it all firsthand because they were also very good at splitting the two of us up. So we'd have, since we were both individually employed, I'd go into a staff meeting alone and they'd say a bunch of stuff to me. And then I'd leave the room and they'd call Carmen in alone and they'd say a bunch of stuff to her. So neither one of us really knew what the other one was being told. So that's how I need to start doing things. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you're, if you're looking, if you're looking for a fight, big fella. So, yeah, so I wasn't, so when I told Richard, we've always had this, like, agreement with each other that, like, you know, we're we're, we're a team and we're going to do this together. So he kind of, um, that's just been a thing. But he did something. uh, He went on a website to look for a job without telling me and um, comes to my office. I wasn't looking. I was just... Comes in my office. He was, he was, was looking for a finish the story, okay? I was soul searching. He was <laughs> looking for a grill, but came across a job. Yes, came across a job. Okay. Comes in my office, closes the door, and goes, I just texted this pastor in Detroit. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, no, we're not moving to Michigan. It's not happening. Yeah. Like, you can text him, whatever. And so... Um, there was, like, other things going on, too, but I was just, like, that's crazy. I was totally closed off to the idea. I'm, like, my family's in Florida. Everything's in Florida. Just whatever. I didn't want to have to make that plunge. But anyway, 
I don't need to say all the other things. I just wanted to bring up two things that were really big to me in my decided to go story. So when Richard told me that he texted you, um, I would wake up for, it was like, a, I don't know, you guys were talking for like a month or two. I don't remember. Yeah. He and takes a long time. He does. <laughs> what? You took a long time. Uh, yeah, because I just didn't know, man. Like... Yeah. You didn't know. We didn't know. So let me keep going. So um, I would go to sleep and I would wake up at 5 a.m. for like a month straight. And I would be so angry. And I would like literally, I would open my eyes and check my phone. It was 5 a.m. on the dot, which is like, yeah. this is going to sound super weird and stuff. But yeah. I'm just going to say it. No, so it. I would wake Richard up and I was like, it is 5 o'clock again. And he's like, not a morning person. He's, he's like, like, leave me alone. Leave me alone, go to sleep. <laughs> exactly. So Why every day, 5 o'clock, <laughs> this is going on. And then finally, you know, the whole time I'm just trying to go back to sleep. Yeah. Finally, I woke up and I was like, okay, God, what is up? What is going on here? And so I, would do, I did what any normal person would do when you, do, you go to Google. So yeah. I Googled. Yeah. This is not a joke, but I Googled. Waking up at 5 a.m. every day. Because <laughs> I was like, What does so, Dr. Oz what? have to say about this? I wish that was not true, but that yeah. is so true what yeah, I yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's crazy how God works. And God is, you know, it's funny how yeah. that happens because anything could have came up. But I came across this like prayer site and I was like, I see you, God. I see yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. So I click on it and it like had prayers for each hour of the day. Like, and they yeah. call them watches, prayer watches. Yeah, yeah. So I went to, um, I went to like where it was, whatever, and it yeah. brought me to this prayer, and it said, or it brought me to this verse. It's from Job, twenty-two, twenty-seven through twenty, and it says, "You will pray to pray to him, and he will hear you. You will keep the promises you made to him. What you decide to do will be done. Light will shine on the path you take." And I was like. Dang, okay. Dang, yeah. dang God, yeah, I yeah. see you. Yeah, and yeah. so I was just so, from that moment, honestly, from that moment on, I never woke up at 5 a.m. again, which yeah. is weird, I which guess. Which Rich was pretty pumped about, I'm sure. Yeah, he was super pumped about that. But um, I just really felt like I was like, this verse is exactly what God wanted me to hear. Yeah. I'm praying to him. He's hearing me. Um, you always, like, God, I've always promised God, like, Whatever you want, God. I'm, I just yeah. remember as, like, a teen just having yeah. that passion to just follow God. And he's yeah. like, you made promises to me, so I want you to keep them. And yeah. light's going to shine on that path. And so um, I think that was really where my story started. Because at first I was so angry at him that he would text That he would even reach someone, out and do something yeah, like that. Yeah, so yeah. far away. So Okay. Okay. And so then the, our conversation obviously progressed. And we got to the point where we are like, hey, we think... We might want to do this thing, sort of, what, how did that happen in your world? How did you get to the point from, okay, we're in a toxic situation, okay, let's explore this to, hey, we're going to do this thing. Like, we feel like God's telling us to go. How did that transition take place? Do you know what I mean? Well, so I couldn't see the microphone around, so I was like, sorry. So, uh, man, for us, it was, it was weird because obviously there's... A whole bunch of other things that happened in that time frame. Like we were talking for for probably at least a month, if not yeah. like five six weeks. So in there, you're you're dealing with doubt. You're dealing with uh, feeling like guilty. Like man, if I leave, how are people going to look at me? How are you know all these different things? And so we we kind of maneuvered through all of that. So uh, we're we're still entertaining it. I think one time, I think at one point we told you no. Like I just kind of got so like guilty, feeling guilty about leaving my family and all of our friends and all that stuff that I was like, you know, man, we can't do this. And then I don't think you even wrote back. And so, which 
I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe you can. Maybe yeah. He like give it some time. You didn't even respond, which was weird to me because I was like, bro, I just curved you and you didn't, you didn't care. So, like, come on. You know, so, uh, so, um, uh, so, yeah, so we let it go. And then, like, a whole day goes by. Sam didn't write back to us. And then I, like, I'm, it's still eating away at me. And so I, like, asked Carmen. I was like, this is just weird to me, man. This guy's such a weirdo. Like, <laughs> he hit us up. Talking about, like, we're talking about moving literally from the most southern point of the map to the most northern point on, like, you know, this side of the map. Like, we're almost touching Canada, and we're almost (laughs) touching, like, you know, the tropics, and we're talking about moving this far, and he's not even, like, riding back fully. Like, (laughs) this is dude's problem. You know what I mean? Does he not know? Does he not know how much I'm risking talking to this fool? And so, you know, so... Again, that shows you the, the anger that I had going on because anything, you know, he could have called me, you know, a nutter butter at that point, and I would have I threatened his family. So, um, <laughs> if you're wanting some context, Rich gave a message on anger. Yeah. Um, it's on our podcast. Go back a couple months. So, anyway, so, um, so yeah, so all this going on. So, me and Carmen are like, you know what? No, let's, let's do it. Like, one, let's, let's go in one more time, really give him a, give, put the ball in his court, see what he does with this. So, we messaged him, and I was like, just kidding, man. We we're actually still interested if we didn't if we didn't ruin it by just telling you no. So we're down to keep talking. And then he didn't write back for two weeks. It was like it was weird. But listen, you know? I was like, talking to like twenty other people. Okay, I'm not yeah. just like this jerk texter over here. I mean, you. I mean, well, I kind of am. You kind of are. Still. And so he didn't write back for like two weeks. So we we got um we got booked, which this is weird in and of itself. We got booked to do a kids camp in North Florida, which is like Duck Dynasty, um, which is hilarious because us doing a kids camp for a bunch of beard. Yeah, okay. Did you sorry. see okay, the knee tap? There we go. There we go. <laughs> I'll just tell you how it really went. They served alligator three out of the five nights we were there. That lets you know where we're at. It's, Freaking weird. Okay, so we're there. And he shows up with his grill. Yeah. I was like, who said they wanted a kid's party? They were like, you? Okay, so so, (laughs) so anyway, um, so they, uh, man, so many jokes. So so we're there, we're doing this kid's camp, and we're there for the first day, and there's literally nothing around. Nothing around except the Waffle House. And we're like, yeah, let's go to this Waffle House. So we go to the Waffle House. There's no Wi-Fi anywhere except at the Waffle House. This place is like an oasis. So we get there. We're, we order our food. And we're sitting there. And my phone's open on the table, like screen up. And we're just sitting there chit-chatting, whatever. And out of nowhere, Carmen's scrolling through her Instagram feed and sees a picture of Sam. <laughs> and it is American, e- like not American Eagle brand. I mean like an actual eagle with the American flag behind it, it's like a dry it's my fit. It's 4th of July outfit, It's like a okay? dry fit t-shirt. It's like an Under Armour it's t-shirt. Incredible. With, it's weird. And so he's sitting there like this. I think on he's a sitting, cooler. Yeah, on a cooler. Like this in Next the picture. Next to my camper. And Monroe's <laughs> an over American here. Flag and, and, and there's an American flag, flag and a Lions flag hanging from his camper. It looked like Sweet Home Alabama. And it's he was the embodiment like, of America. He's like this. And Carmen scrolls by and Carmen goes, you ever wonder what it would be like working for him? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, <laughs> some, shorts were really I had some short, short shorts on. Shorts she did. Really they were short. like, it's pretty so, good. It's a quality so, picture. Yeah, she asked that, and I went, you know, I don't, I don't know, man. It's yeah, what? And literally, kid you not, right at that second, my phone rings, and it's Sam. Like right at the after two weeks of not talking, right at that moment, we're looking at his weird American flag picture. Boom, he calls, <laughs> and I'm like, hello. 
And he's like, acts like we had been talking every single day for the past three months. <laughs> hey, man, what's up, bro? Hey, you guys doing all right? All right, cool, man. Hey, can we FaceTime like an hour? Is that cool? I was like, after two weeks, two weeks you didn't talk to nobody. You want, you want me to FaceTime with you in an hour? This is what's going on in my brain. What came out was, oh, of course, man, for sure. We can make that happen. No problem. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, yeah, so anyway, fast forward from there. He says that. Uh, he calls, and he just kind of tells me, hey, we didn't find a youth pastor as good-looking or as talented as you. Basically. Um, I said, of course. I'm totally secure in this. And uh, uh, so he was like, so talk about with Carmen. If you'd be interested, we'd still be interested in flying you up and interviewing you. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll talk to her. Hung up the phone, went to her. And after all this, now finally, after all this, I go to her, and she goes, is it just for teenagers, like for youth? I was like, yeah, that's what, Yes. That's what it's always been. She's like, nah, I don't think I could do it. So what are you talking about? She said, no, nah, I'm really not ready to be done like working with kids. So if it's just for teenagers, you got to tell them no. And I was like, I got to tell them no. You got to tell them no. <laughs> so he calls back later and I'm trying to like think of how to break it to him. I'm like, listen, man, I don't, you know what? And he goes, hey, hey, hold on real quick. Is your wife by you? I said, yeah. She goes, or sorry, he goes, sorry, bro. He goes, <laughs> Uh, so just let her know that we actually now have a need for a kid's pastor too. And I was like, huh? And he's like, yeah, so now it'd be for like both of you. Like you, we need both of you. I was like, okay, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Say that one more time. I'll put you on speakerphone. So I put him on speakerphone and we're actually by this point, it's like a whole five days later. And we're driving back home from the camp and uh, I put him on speakerphone. We're in the car driving and I'm like, listen to this, listen to this. I hit speakerphone. He goes, yeah, so Carmen, if you're down, we're down to clown. This is how he offers her a job. We need a kid's pastor. So if you're down, we're down to clown. We're down to clown. And at that point, Carmen, Carmen we didn't say anything back to Sam. We just kind of, and Car, he tur, or Carmen turns and looks at me. I'm driving. And she turns and looks at me and she goes. And I went. And I whispered to her. I said, looks like we're moving to Detroit. And she was like, oh. And she just put her hand on her head and was like, oh, my gosh. And so we, we were like, all right, cool, man. We'll call you later. And we ended up coming. So yeah. that, that's the, the whole fruition of the story. We flew up, interviewed. Yeah. In that time, I wasn't feeling it. First thing I did when we, when we flew up here was I, um, uh, I took a nap. We got off the airplane. And you want to talk about a red flag? Yeah. I you, took like a three-hour nap. <laughs> we fly this guy in, and he's like, hey, man, I'm like really, t- really tired. Do you have like a, a bed I could lay down in? I'm like, what? You... Yeah, you can go lay in my daughter's bed, jerk. I, slept, I took a three-hour nap in Jude and Titus's bed, I think. And uh, yeah. uh, Jude and Titus' bed took a three-and-a-half-hour nap. And Carmen was downstairs by herself with Sam Amber and all their kids for the first time. First three hours of our time being here, I took a nap, and she was interviewing. And she's ferociously texting. I'm like, oh, she's probably texting family. Yeah. No, she was giving Rich the what twos and what yeah. fours. Wake up right <laughs> now. So we so um, traumatized. Yeah, so the, the short story that we were here for three yeah. days, we saw a whole bunch of stuff that scared us. Um, but when we came to church on Sunday morning just before we left, um, that was kind of the only clarity I had in the situation. There was a lot going on. I was still feeling guilty. We came to church, and something just clicked. I knew there was something different going on. You know, like it was just church like I never felt before. And I felt kind of like in one service, I felt kind of like, I was being healed, like I could be disarmed and uh, didn't have to approach it the same way as I had been. And 
uh, and all that. And so me and Carmen promised each other that we would take notes the last night. We weren't going to verbalize it out loud. We were going to be 100% honest on our phones and write down like on a, on a note what we really thought of everything. And then when we went to bed that night, we swapped phones and we read what each other thought. And so Carmen was like, listen, I think it's great. I think God's going to stretch us. I really like Sam and Amber, really like their family, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then my note was like, this is freaking weird. I don't know how I feel about any of this. I don't know how I feel about any of this. I'm kind of like uneasy about it all. But then the end of my, my note was like, but I can't, I can't get away from the feeling that we're already here. Like I can't get away from this feeling that like when we walked into Central, um, uh, I just, something just clicked inside and I felt like it's already done. Like I felt like we didn't have to accept the job, talk about the job, anything. Like we just felt instantly connected. And so in my letter I wrote to her, I was like, I feel uneasy about a ton of this stuff and guilt and all that, but I, I feel like I almost don't even need to give an answer for myself because I felt like it was so obvious that this was the way we were supposed yeah. to go. You know what I mean? And so, so you get to that place, which I feel like a lot of people get to that place as well, where they feel like, I feel like that's part of a lot of our journey. We get to a place where uh, we feel like God's called us to do something. We feel like the unction of the Holy Spirit. We feel like a tug on our heart, whatever, however, whatever phrase you want to use. But you feel like you're supposed to do something, right? And then you get to this place where you're like, you start making like deals and you're like, okay, I'll do it if this happens or I'll do it if that falls into place or whatever. And then those things start falling into place. You're like, well, crap, I might actually have to do this thing, right? And we get closer and closer and closer and we finally get to a point where we're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do this thing. But then we know the very next thing that happens is you face opposition, you face doubt, you face all these questions and all these fears and everything. And so how did you guys, let me um, ask this question, how do you guys... Uh, distinguish between, because you got to this point where you're like, okay, this feels like home, but then you got to go back to Florida, to your family, to your church, to your job, to your friends, because you guys had a great friend community down there, I mean, being there so long and everything, and all the different churches you guys are plugged into and connected to. How do you, how did you distinguish between the leading and prompting of the Holy Spirit and all the other voices that want to speak into it? You know, because I feel like that happens to a lot of us when we get to the point where we're like, okay, I decided to go, but then we have Johnny best friend over here saying, dude, don't go. That's the worst decision ever. You're an idiot. And you have mom over here saying, but I'll miss you so much. Don't go. And you got this. But then you still feel the Holy Spirit inside saying, nah, you got to go. How did you sort of navigate that? Because that's probably one of the biggest hurdles to overcome in the whole process. Yeah, that's kind of the hard part about, I think, life in general is that when we make decisions or we want to do something, there's always negativity, and we tend to not get much positive. And so... Um, right, because nobody's going to be like, yes, I'll never see you. Awesome! Yeah, and no, like, my friends were telling me that we're going to fly up here, get locked in the basement, eat in, like, horrible yeah. stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, horrible <laughs> stuff. And I was like... I wish I was joking, but that's what they were telling me. And I'm they, like, would, they would text us like once a day when we were here and be like, are you guys still are you alive? Still alive? And, I, and that was a serious thing. They were just really messing <laughs> with us. But I think what it came down to is, and for all of us, I think fear can be so crippling and yeah. fear can hold us back. And I think a lot of the times I see my friends have these dreams and have these ideas and they never do them because of fear. And so, or what people say to them or yeah. what people, all these thoughts. And so I just really... I went back to like Philippians 4, it's one of my favorite verses and it talks about whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is trustworthy, all these things. Yeah. And I was thinking of what people were saying and I was thinking even what my own thoughts were saying of like selfishness and yeah. I was comfortable and um, we just, 
it's, it's Florida. So, I mean, you don't have snow. You don't have all these things. Yeah. And so, um, and then I remember reading that verse one day, and I really felt like it was like, to distinguish it, it's we have to look at what God says. And if our thoughts are selfish, then that's not of God. Mm -hmm. And if our thoughts are in this zone of comfort, that's not of God. He calls us to, he says it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. And so, and at the same time, I was reading this book called Chase the Lion by Mark Batterson. It's Mm -hmm. just so inspirational. And it says, your greatest regret at the end of your life will be the lions you didn't chase. You will look back longing on risks not taken, opportunities not seized, and dreams not pursued. Stop running away from what scares you the most and start chasing the God-ordained opportunities that cross your path. And I really felt like I was letting um, all these voices get in my head and I was letting my own voice get in my head and trying to talk myself out of it and... God was like, no, what do I say? And whenever I looked at what he said, it all pointed to, like, trust. Trust me. Like, um, it's going to be, it also talks about that we'll prevail, that we'll have victory. And it's like, victory doesn't come easy, but he says that we're going to have it. And I think we were just kind of like, it was more of those things, like, to distinguish. It was like, is what we're saying really line up with what God says? And it wasn't. And so I had to, like just really be brutally honest with myself about that. And yeah. both of us did, because it was hard. It was scary. Yeah, it is. It rattles it, your yeah. comfort zone. Yeah. It was, um, it just came down to the, to the point where there was so much back and forth going on in my head where I just had to say, like, if I stay here, what do I gain from this? Like, I gain, like, my family's here, and, uh, you know, our friends are here, but on a day-to-day basis, I'm a wreck, you know? And uh, I'm unhealthy, and, and, um, uh, I just, I had to start asking myself when I would get, get scared, we were, there was plenty of times that I kept wanting to back out even after we interviewed and I was like, man, I just don't know. I just don't know. This is so, this is out there. This is really out there. And, um, Carmen just kind of kept talking to me about it. She's like, but listen, if we don't do this, you know, how do you see yourself growing? How do you see yourself getting better? How do you see yourself, you know, what do you see in the next two years if we don't do this? And then it would be like, well, if we do this. And it's hard. Yeah, maybe it's hard, but we have to step out into a place where we have to trust God fully. And I think for me, it became this realization that going, like taking a leap of faith every once in a while is not the way that I feel comforted. Like by, that's going to sound weird, but um, that's not the way I see God working all the time for me. You know, I'll take a leap of faith and then I get real comfortable and then you take another leap of faith. Like it came to the point where God was saying like, no, listen, like any decision you make can be can be that and and if you want to live a lifestyle of comfort and then every once in a while get uncomfortable and see me move cool but if you want to see me move like regularly then your life needs to be a leap of faith like you need to be fully detached from everything you know that makes you comfortable and any anything it's almost like a, a band-aid everywhere that you could pull a band-aid off of I'm going to come to that and I'm going to bring healing to that or I'm going to come to that and I'm going to grow you in that area and so there's a few times that I was going to back out and it was just like, man, what's the heart of God in this? Like stepping out, trusting him or staying here, trusting myself and just praising him that I got such a great life, yeah, you right, know? And, right. um, and I just knew in my heart, like we got to do something that, that puts us in a place where we're not going to succeed unless God intervenes. So you had to be super intentional about focusing on the voice of God louder and more clear than all the other voices. Yeah. Even yeah. though the other voices had relational pull and tons, tons. A lot, because I know a lot of times, a lot of people that I talk to um, who feel called to go, even from their local church, 
Um, you know, they feel like God, that, that God, they need to move on. They need to go somewhere else. They need to try something new. Not necessarily come here, but just go anywhere else. That it comes with so much guilt and shame and all this that they, they can't listen to the voice of God because they're listening to so many other voices uh, simultaneously at the same time. And so that's super huge. I think that's huge to be intentional, to hear the voice of God louder and more clear and give that precedent over any other voice that's speaking into the conversation. That's, that's huge. So, um, so you decided to go. Obviously, you came here. We love you. You guys have done great work. Um, you know, you've taken our kids' ministry, and just I'm thankful every day that my kids get to be under your leadership. And teenagers, my wife serves in the youth group. Uh, this is where they get all super embarrassed. But my wife is a youth leader, and it's like her favorite thing. We, I mean, we church. don't have 70 kids running around. You so know, huh? We don't have 70 kids running around in the gym. Right, no. The kids are, no. are banging right yeah, now. Yeah, the kids are banging, right. but still, the... The, 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 I mean, we, we did baptize Chris and Carlton two weeks ago, and that is a huge, yeah, yeah, huge. Yeah, that's wild. That's like a good thing, I guess, that teenagers do. That, I don't, that's the Chris thing. That's weird. Yeah, yeah that's what, they, I don't know, that's what they do. But my wife is a youth leader, and it's like her favorite part of church and all that, and so you guys are doing incredible things. And so uh, what advice, I guess, or what would, you, what, what would you tell people who maybe it's not something as wild and crazy as moving from Florida to Michigan knowing nobody, um, I know Ken and Hamber kind of experienced that same story moving up here, not knowing anybody, and it was just like, let's do it, right? And, and it's a thing. But maybe, that, maybe it's not that extreme for everybody. Maybe it's simply, um, you know, jumping out of a toxic relationship with friends or with a, a dating person or whatever. Maybe it's, you know, changing jobs when you know that God's calling you to do something else but the dollar signs are not adding up to the same amount and all this stuff. But you're like, you're hearing all these other voices, but you know that God is telling you to go. You know that God is telling you to move. What sort of advice would you give to them who are on the edge of making that decision, who are in that sort of zone? Yeah, um, I would say pray, pray, pray some more, and then pray again. Because, well, I want to make this clear, too, is that... Um, just because you're uncomfortable doing something doesn't always mean God's called you away from it. Um, I had to be honest with myself, too, in a sense where it was like, if I'm going to open up and pray to God about not liking my current situation at the church we were at, then I got to be ready for him to answer with, no, you're staying there. You know what I mean? I had to be just as open for either answer to come back. So there's a lot of times that we've played with the idea of not being a part of something or not here, <laughs> just, you know, but in the past. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, there was plenty of times where we were like, nah, for sure. Like, this is a good opportunity for us. We're dipping, we're out. And we prayed about it, and God was like, nah, it's not for you. It's not the time, not the place, not, it's not right for you. And you got to be honest with yourself about that. So, you know, next week, everybody coming in, saying that they're missionaries now, just pray. Keep praying, okay? But, um, <laughs> and if God's, if that's really got them, more power to you. But, but, you know, just listen to the voice of God. Be honest with yourself. And, and then at the end of the day, if you know, like you know in your heart when God's calling you to do something, to leave a relationship, to leave a toxic uh, environment, to make a life change, to maybe relocate, whatever it is, um, be honest with yourself and, and trust him. Trust him. Um, one thing that, that God just kind of showed me is that, um, you know, in scripture, God never promises easy to his people, ever, you know, um, God never promises things are going to be easy. God never promises things are going to go smooth. But he does promise things are going to be good. And, um, and, and our definition of good needs to revolve around his definition of what that is. And so, um, you know, when you're seeking God in this, um, if, if it's hard and that deters you, 
uh, keep pushing and keep pressing through it because it's going to be hard. Um, but God promises that all things will work to the good for those who love him. So, I think last night I was laying on the couch talking to Richard about this, and I said, I just don't want people to think that we are, like, we're God telling them to move to Florida because right. we do not want that because right. we love you guys and we don't want anyone to move. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this just turned into don't go. Yeah, don't, don't go. go. <laughs> Pop twist. <laughs> All right, so uh, now we're done. <laughs> All right. No, but I, I was telling him, I said, I just really feel like go is different to every person, to every season of your life. It could be so many things not, doesn't mean that you're moving. But um, I guess just the biggest thing for me is I, I actually wasn't going to say this because we typed these answers to you. But we were worshiping yeah. today, and um, we were singing I Can Do It Again, which is like one of or yeah. Do It Again, whatever the song's name. It's one of my favorite songs. And the bridge says, um, uh, I've seen you move, you've moved the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way when there is no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. And I really think I'm, I can like say this in a grateful and a humble way that um, every move that we've made in our life, like I've seen God so faithful in that. And dang it, why am I crying? This is not even a sad thing, but... Oh, I've seen God move in our lives, and I've seen how he is faithful. And it's hard. Like, um, when we go through life and we go through trials and we go through obstacles, it's going to be hard and it's going to be tough. But I, I love when it says, you made a way, you moved the mountains. Like, two weeks ago, I taught my kids that God is bigger than anything. Yeah. And it was such a fun lesson to teach them that, Anything that we're going through, God is bigger. And we talked about huge mm -hmm. things in the Bible, like Goliath and the Tower of Babel yeah, yeah. and all these things. And we're talking about how big they are. And I was like, guess what? God is bigger. And they yeah. were like, no. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, yeah. He's so big. And so I think in our lives, we need to look at things and remember that God is faithful. And he is so, um, he just wants us to surrender complete control. And he wants us to trust him. And he wants us not to be fearful of yeah. what his plan is for our life. Because in Proverbs, it says, plans are many in like, I'm not saying the exact, this is yeah. Carmen's version, yeah. but like people have many plans. Yeah. I did not have this exact plan for my life. Yeah. Saw it completely different. And, um, <laughs> I mean, sorry, she's I talking about you, Rich, not, not the church. But it says Proverbs, <laughs> I think it's 1921 says many are the plans of the people or whatever, yeah. but the Lord's plan will prevail and mm. prevail. Cause like I don't use words like prevail, like yeah. you're going to prevail. So I, the, the word for it is victory. And who yeah. doesn't want victory? And who doesn't want to just fully trust God and know that at the end, all we're going to do is win, 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 no matter what. So <laughs> I mean, like. <laughs> I know a better so, song for that. Uh, <laughs> no. So um, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing. I think if, like, you know, our story is obviously so different from anyone else's, but I think wherever you are in your season of life, God is telling you to do something. He's yeah. telling you to step up. He's telling you to be bold, to, to be fearless, and to, to trust in him completely and wholly, which is hard yeah. because I like control. Yeah. Yes. Don't shake your head. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. I like control, but... We I, serve on staff with her. Yes. <laughs> but at the same... I'm just kidding. At the same time, I think, um, you know, that song was a reminder to me today. Yeah. Like, yeah, God can move in your ways, Absolutely. in your life, bigger than you've ever imagined. Yeah. And you can do things bigger than you've ever imagined. Yeah. God tells us, one of the last things he said 
when he left, he's like, go, you know, yeah. go make disciples, go do these things. Yeah. And I think um, we should not live in this comfortable, did I say that right? Yeah. Comfortable, mundane life, and we should be adventurous, but yeah. for God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she, she said, I started talking again, she said, no. <laughs> I don't know if y'all heard that. She said, no, okay. Um, no, I would say that, I would just say that, um, <laughs> I would say um, you, um, you just got to gotta honor God in it, you know? That's, yeah. that's the big thing. Um, I heard, we, we heard somebody say this the other day. We went to the Wood, um, what's it? no, Heritage. We went to a, a training thing they had for pastors at Heritage Church, and the pastor said something I really like. He said, um, you know, a lot of times people are afraid to go and do something because they feel like, you know, God's only right there. You know, like the Ark of the Covenant days, like God's presence dwells in one spot. And if you leave, you got to pray that God's going to come with you where you go, but, but God's everywhere. God's everywhere. God, God through the Holy Spirit lives in you. And so if it's a matter of God being where you are going to go or being in a decision you're going to make, God's already there. God's already gone before you. God's already with you. God's already going to make a way. God's already made provision for that. And he already knows. Um, it's just whether or not our hearts, the posture of our hearts is honoring him in that decision to go or that decision to stay. That's yeah. what I'd say. That's huge. That's huge. So um, thank you guys for sharing your story it's been very cool. But so if you're in here this morning and you're in a position where you feel like God's calling you to go, God's calling you to move, God's calling you to do something, what we wanted to do is we wanted to carve out some time for you to sort of have some introspective dialogue, right? To have some discussion with, with yourself, some discussion with God, and just cry out to him and say, dude, I need some help. I need you to guide me. I need, you know, maybe you're at that point where you're allowing the other voices to be louder than the voice of God. Maybe you feel it in your heart, you feel it in your soul, you feel it in your head that God's tugging you saying, yeah, I want you to go. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. It might be something crazy. It might be something crazy, like moving across the country. That, that might be the case. It, or it might be something super small that makes a super huge impact. It might be, yeah, I want you to talk to that person at the grocery store that every time you get in her line and she's standing there, you feel that I'm telling you to talk to her, but you never do it. Do it. It might be something that small that can make such a huge ripple effect impact on that person's life, and you have no idea because you're too afraid to go. We're allowing fear, and we're allowing other voices to shut that down in our hearts and in our lives. And so I want to encourage you this morning. I want to challenge you this morning with this whole series, wherever you are in this spectrum. You know, the, the I decided to start. If God's calling you to start something, but you're afraid, stop being afraid. Start something. Start what God is calling you to do. If God has called you to stay somewhere and you're feeling anxious and you're looking at the grass is greener over here, over there, and wherever, and you're saying, maybe I should do that, maybe I should do this, and it's distracting you from what God has called you to do in the here and now where you are, I want to challenge you to stay. If you're in here and you're saying, man, God has called me to stop something, man, I got to stop this, I could really move forward if I let this go or if I let that go or if I let that relationship go or that bad habit or that group of friends or that place where I spend my time. If God is calling you to stop something, I want to encourage you and challenge you to stop. And if God has called you to go, because he's called us all to go in some way, shape, or form, if God has called you to go and you know what that thing is, I want to challenge and encourage you do something about it, to go, to take that leap of faith, to not be afraid, to not be held back by fear, saying, oh man, I don't know if it's going to work out, I don't have everything planned out, I don't know the whole road laid out ahead of me, 
If God is saying to go, then go. Then make it happen. So let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for this series that people have been able to share their story and their story has pointed all glory and honor to you. But it can be so challenging and so encouraging and so edifying and so inspiring. God, this morning, the people in this room who need to start, who need to stay, who need to stop, who need to go, God, you know what's happening in our own individual stories, in our own individual hearts, in our own individual lives. So God, we pause and we reflect and we draw near to you this morning. We pray that you would give us strength and courage and wisdom to follow the leading of your Holy Spirit. Whatever you're calling us to do, help us to yield to your leadership. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.